really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. And we believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. as well, newlifecrawley.church forward slash connect. It just helps us keep track of uh, what's happening and uh, follow up effectively with people. So we're also going to talk, as we often do, talk a little bit about giving. And giving's one of those areas that people often feel uncomfortable about. And really, I don't believe we have to. It's a normal part of life. We talk about it in every other area. So why shouldn't we talk about it in church? And one of the things we're going to do over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this whole area of tithing. And lots of times people have questions about tithing. And one of the things people say, well, I, I give to other organizations. Is that my tithe? Well, biblically, I don't think it is. It's good to give to organizations. Uh, Bev and I do. And some of you know, we, we support Pakistan. So... Um, Pastor Sal, whose father-in-law suddenly died, his wife is from the Philippines, and it's going to cost a lot of money for her to get back. She didn't get back to the funeral, so the church are going to support, and Bev and I are going to give uh, a little bit personally as well to that. So I, I believe in giving uh, extra as well when we can, but I, I think biblically the tithe belongs to the church. Because when you look in scripture, Malachi 3 verse 10, it says, bring the tithe where? into the storehouse. And in the Old Testament concept that the storehouse was where the priests would have lived and despite what people think, neither I nor Kerry actually live here. We know some of the kids think that we do, but we don't. But actually, in the Old Testament, when they brought the tithes to the storehouse, it was so that the priests could be free to minister and had the resources to be able to minister without having to take up other employment. The same is true today. I know many of you are very faithful in giving and we really appreciate that. For those of you who are not yet tithing, can I ask you to do what scripture says and bring the tithe into the storehouse? Because one of the misnomers about giving to church is, oh, we pay your salary. No, you don't. You support the work of ministry. It's different. It's a completely different attitude. One is of ownership, one's of stewardship. And we are given to be stewards. So you bring the tithe into the storehouse so that we can support the work of ministry. And whatever the leaders decide is the best way forward to do that. So I want to encourage you, if you're not tithing, to begin that process. And you will see God honor you. Amen. It's just a biblical principle. So do it and God will meet your needs. He has a way of doing that. Uh, the number of ways you can do that. The envelopes are at the back. We encourage those of you uh, who are regulars to give by standing order. Uh, if you're online, you can scan the QR code and that will take you to, direct to a secure page. So please just bear that in mind and honor God. It's not just enough to sing about it, is it? There's no point singing about the faithfulness of God and then withholding your tithe. Because <laughs> that doesn't match. Next slide, please. 
over the summer. As you know, we're having these summer picnic parties on Wednesdays during the day. And as part of our outreach and part of the things where what you're giving goes towards, it's so that we're able to do this, so we're able to reach people in the community, so we're able to reach families. A number of you have begun to sign up for that. Thank you for, the, thank you for those of you who have said that you will commit to giving to support uh, one of those days quite specifically. We really appreciate that, and we're also looking for, for volunteers and helpers. There is a clipboard at the back uh, that you can sign up for that and, and help with that. So uh, let's come along. It's, it's really good when people from outside see people from the church connected. It makes a difference because it gives you an opportunity to talk to them, to build relationship with them, so that when they do visit on a Sunday, they know faces and they see faces. So uh, we'll be starting that at the end of July. Next week, we, we start a new series called God Is. See, one of the things that often happens at church is, let's be honest, we can get so focused on ourselves, can't we? Get so focused on our needs, get so focused on, on thinking about me, myself, and Irene. In the name of the movie, some of you get that reference. But sometimes we just have to take a step back and just focus on who God is. And what the scripture says. So we're going to look at some of those great themes in the scripture. Uh, the eternal God. The omnipotent God. Who knows what omnipotent means? All powerful. Great. Omnipresent. God is everywhere. He's the unchanging God. He's the glorious God. He's the omniscient. Or the all knowing God. We just want to focus on God don't we? It's his church. <laughs> not our church, it's not my church, it's not the AOG's church, it's his church. And we want to focus on God. So over the summer we'll be looking at, at these themes as, as we look at God is. We encourage you to, to be part of that. On Sunday the 23rd we're going to do an African Praise Sunday. I thought it was worth more than that. But we're going to do <laughs> too late, too weak. So Sunday 23rd, it's going to be a bring and share. Chicken gizzards, whatever else you want to bring. Sue, what are you bringing for that? Hasn't thought about it yet. Chicken? Curry? We'll, we'll take it all. We love it all, don't we? And that will be... Did somebody swear? How very dare you mention that word. So it's an African praise Sunday. So we want lots of nice food for that. And that Sunday will be the Sunday we'll be saying farewell to Philip, Amara and family. That's probably not the last Sunday we'll see them. But because the, the schools will break up after that and holidays and people will go. It's going to be a bit like, do you know when you're on holiday and you say goodbye to people off the plane? And then you meet them at the baggage carousel again. <laughs> you kind of go... <laughs> Well, it's probably going to be a bit like that over August, but we can live with that. But Sunday 23rd will be the official Sunday. Uh, we pray for them, we, we bless them, uh, and we release them to the next stage of their journey. So that's why we're going to do an African praise. We may even let Philip sing. Because, you know, Philip is the Barry White of the church. Huh? Have you heard him? Sometimes when the microphone's been at the back, you'll hear this kind of Barry White voice booming out with the happy birthdays, huh? He loves it. We might let him sing or we might let him play drums. We'll, we'll see how he behaves himself over the next few weeks. But that Sunday is our, our African praise Sunday, so we're, we're going to go for that. 
one final thing um, that we're going to do, and that's officially welcome Harold and Sinead into membership. Uh, we were intending to do that a couple of weeks ago, uh, but they, they, weren't, they weren't here on that Sunday, so uh, have you had a little snack? Are you feeling a bit hungry? <laughs> wow. I have stunned Sinead into silence. You should take a picture of this moment. <laughs> this does not happen very often. <laughs> David and Ian, why don't you come forward? We're, we're glad to welcome you. Are you sticking out? Ah, as they say in Belfast. Welcome. In the Bible, it says about giving the right hand of fellowship, and that's why we do that. It's that official welcome. Uh, it's that sense of belonging. We know that Harold and Sinead are very committed to the work here and, and what they do, and as they expand, <laughs> as they expand, you will see them. There's going to come a Sunday she's not going to fit behind those drums, and I'm going to have to step in, but we're a few months away from that just yet. David and Ian, why don't you pray a blessing on these guys? I'll get behind you as we do that. Dear Lord and Henry Father, thank you, Lord, for Harold and Sinead. Thank you, Lord, that they're just a blessing to us at this mm. church. Father, pray, Lord, that you'll provide for them in every way, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you brought them amongst us, Lord. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, that um, as they're expecting this baby as well, Lord, that you just bless them, Lord. Put your hand upon them. Provide for them in every way in your name. Amen. Okay, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the, the past few months as we've got to know them as they've come here and they began to serve with us and for us. Lord, we thank you and bless you for them. And Lord, we just want to pray now, Lord, that you will keep your hand upon them. Lord, you will bless them abundantly. Lord, that they will grow in their faith and their knowledge of the Lord Jesus as they're with us. And Lord, that there will be a mutual blessing to us and us to them. We thank you, Lord, that they are our partners, Lord, Amen. in the gospel with us. And we Amen. thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you, guys. Sinead knows what I'm like, don't you, Sinead? That's yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We're going to take the opportunity to welcome one another. If you'd like to receive prayer, this is something that kind of is a good time to do around the welcome time. Um, just say, would you pray for me? Would you pray God's blessing on me? Uh, Bev's very good at this. She'll pray a great blessing on you. So if you want to get in first for Bev, that's something I'd recommend. If you're online, then you can go on the chat and we can receive those prayer requests as well. Uh, and we'll be mindful to pray for them. So let's, let's welcome one another. Uh, and if you would like to have prayer, then ask someone to pray for you as we do that. It's lovely to see you all. Um, and I just needed to say when we were worshipping and also because of something that's just happened, um, I really think God wants you to know that you're enough. I really feel as though there's people here that just really don't know that they're enough. You're enough. And that really ties in with what Sarge is going to be talking about, about what's happening later on uh, next month. But God just wants you to know you're enough. And so I'm just going to tell you what we're doing in our activity packs first. Please bear with me. I'm just trying to get my head straight. Um, with our activity packs today, we are thinking about one of the disciples, one of the disciples that was a fish. And so we've got some fish for you to make out of pipe cleaners and some beads. And we'd like you to take these fish home. 
And every time you look at this fish, every time you pick this fish up, we want you to think about somebody that you could be talking to about Jesus, because that's what we're thinking about today. We've also got our normal activity sheets um, with the word searches and things on for you. And I've also got some fish which tie in with what we're about to be doing. So if anybody wants a fish to decorate, you can um, come and get a fish from me as well. So if we could have our first slide, that would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So we are thinking today about one of his Jesus' disciples. And it's one of the disciples that isn't mentioned as much as some of the others are. But as Sarge is going to tell us later on, it's somebody that's really important. It's somebody that did an amazing job for Jesus. And so what I would like to do is to have a volunteer to come and do some fishing for me. Uh, Yes, please. Thank you. So have I got a volunteer that wants to come fishing? Abraham, do you want to come up and fish? Can you fish for number one for me? Um, Imogen, do you want to come and fish? Mercelin, do you want to... Oh, no, Imogen's coming up. We went round the Sea Life Centre together. I know you like fish. Come and find a fish for me. Okay, so if you can grab a fishing wand. Can you find number one? You find number two for me and fish it up. Because we're going to just learn a few facts about Andrew. Because Andrew was very important. Thank you. You can go and sit down. Brilliant. You got number one. Fantastic. Brilliant. Go and sit yourself down. If I can have two more volunteers to come up and get me number three and number four. Darcy, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So our first fact is Andrew was from Bethsaida in Galilee. That's where he was born. Jesus' disciples were from different places. A lot of them were from around Galilee, but they were from different places. And Andrew was from Bethsaida in Galilee. I am Andrew. The second fact we've got is Andrew, brilliant. Just hold it for a minute, Sarah, please. Make sure it doesn't get away. The second fact that we've got on our fish is that Andrew was Simon Peter's brother. Now, I've got a message with this because in the Gospels, it does actually just call him sometimes Simon Peter's brother. I've spent a lot of my life since I've been married being known as Niall's wife. Just to let you know, Jesus doesn't see you like that. Jesus sees you as you. So for those of you that do live under the shadow, that maybe live under the shadow of somebody else, just know Jesus doesn't see you like that. So Andrew was Simon Peter's brother, but he was also Andrew. Number three. Thank you. The name Andrew. We we haven't got any Andrews here, have we? In where? Oh, we've got a cosmic comet, Andrew, haven't we? You're right. Well done, Mercelin. Because Andrew means manly. I didn't know that, but Andrew means manly. And so we know that Andrew would have had quite a strength about him. And again, when we listen to the message later, we're going to learn that his strength wasn't just a physical strength, but he actually had an emotional strength as well. Thank you. Brilliant. You two go and sit yourself down. Can I have two more people to come fish in? Do you two want to come? Brilliant. And your brother? Fantastic. Thank you. You come and fish. So we're on number uh, five and six. So the next one says Andrew was a fisherman. Really, really important because as we're going to learn later on, 
Andrew stopped being a fisherman catching fish, but he didn't stop being a fisherman altogether. Because when Jesus called him and his brother, he said to them, you're not going to catch fish anymore. I want you to catch people instead. Fantastic. Number five. Andrew originally was John's disciple. So Andrew originally started following John the Baptist. And what's amazing about this story is this really proves, shows that when Elizabeth was told what John was going to do, it was completely right. Because Elizabeth, when she was pregnant with John the Baptist, was told, your son is going to prepare the way. And John the Baptist started teaching Andrew who Jesus was. He was a stepping stone to Jesus. That's what we're all asked to be, a stepping stone to Jesus. Brilliant. Thank you, boys. Lovely to see you. Go and sit yourself down. And then the next thing that we know was Andrew was one of the first that was chosen by Jesus. So one of the first people that Jesus said, I want you to be my disciple. Can you imagine being the first person that Jesus chose? Wouldn't that be amazing? So even though he isn't as well known as some of the other disciples, he was extremely important. Okay, two more people. Just got two fish left. Henry, do you want to come up? Loving the shirt this morning. Um, Jude, do you want to come up? Pardon? <laughs> so enthusiastically. <laughs> no pushing by um, Sue at all. Okay, do you want to fish? Seven, eight, doesn't matter which one. Well done. Henry's caught it. Great fisher person. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can go and sit yourself down. And so number seven, again, shows us that actually Andrew might have felt quite insignificant. Because when people were writing and telling us about the story of Jesus, his name was only mentioned 12 times. But the most important thing, Andrew did exactly what Jesus wanted him to do. Andrew was exactly who Jesus wanted him to be. So Andrew knew his role, he stuck to it, and he did amazing things. You're enough listening to Jesus and knowing what he's calling you to do and just being you. Thank you. Good morning, church. We've got our own Andrews in this church. We now have evangelist team. You've got Michelle, Annabella, and others, and we've also got mini Andrews at the end, of, at the uh, back of the church, uh, who was out at the Queen Square uh, yesterday. So, as we go out to the Queen Square and speak to people and preach the gospel and ask people what their faith is, some of them will say, we're Christians. When you get into the conversation, they, they, they believe they're Christians. But one typical example was where one person said, well, the Church of England. But uh, as the conversation went on, they said, I don't know whether God exists. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus or God. So the question is, um, what, does it, what is it to follow Jesus? What are the things that you know, we need to look at in the Bible that we must do? So 
One is repentant belief, and Mark 1, uh, 15, and then be baptized, Matthew 28, 19, and, and pray. Prayer is an important part of our Christian life, but part of prayer is also to fast, and part of prayer is to pray and then take time to listen to God. Too many of us pray, but then we're off in our busy life, but it is important to pray and also wait and see if God responds. Love, I think if you do all of what God has commanded and you're obedient to God within your spirit, you'll have that love in your heart for all of his, all of his creation. So love is important. Lord's Supper, um, Matthew 22, 19. Um, what Lord did for us, his body, his, you know, and remember, remembrance of him. And so the communion where we share the bread and the wine is, is important. To give, give is a, another uh, important element. Um, as one part of the Bible where Jesus is sitting in the temple and he sees this old woman, a widow, go and drop a little dinar. And the Lord said, that, that's all she had. She didn't have anything else. She gave all she had. But that's obedient to God and faith. That is true faith. When you don't have anything, but you give it because you trust in him. So giving is important. And also, I mean, another scripture where you've got the Lord saying, well, look, look at the sparrows. Not one will drop without the Father knowing. How more precious are you? So again, we are precious, and God will always provide for us. And so therefore, it's important to give with an open heart. And we don't need to worry about tomorrow. God will always provide. Now, so number eight, which is uh, go and make disciples, uh, Matthew 28, 20, uh, verse 19 to 20. Um, I mean, that's... That's... Um, that's, that's an important element of uh, evangelism. Now, I'm just going to take this out. Just bear with me. So, Matthew, I'm uh, just going to read this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and reaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Again, that, that verse, it says all, that we have, they must obey all of the commandments, not just some of them. The ones we like, we, the ones that we feel that are easy, but each and every one of them. So, to be a true disciple of God, you do need to follow all of those commandments and be obedient. So, John, verse 135, I'm just going to read this. The next day, John was there again, and two of his disciples. When he saw John passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. 
When the two disciples heard him say, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus replied, come. He replied, you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying. And they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Andrew and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is Christ. And he thought he brought him to Jesus. So with this, we can see the characteristics of Andrew. There are some that listen to things and will just say, okay, somebody else will do it, or it'll all work out. But here, it was Andrew who took that first step. There was two who heard uh, what John had said, but it was Andrew who took that first step to go and find his brother. So that's a, a, an important characteristic. And that's what we need to do, uh, to go out, uh, if we are going to go out and, and, and preach. So we've all got to have that ability. And it's part of our Christian life. So wherever we are in the workplace, uh, if we meet somebody, um, family, friends, uh, to be that Andrew, to have that conversation, start that conversation. So Andrew's characteristics. Um, Andrew, never, Andrew was never known as a great teacher, preacher, or scholar. He was just an ordinary man. And God uses ordinary people to reach out to ordinary people. God never used him to write scriptures. There isn't a, a gospel or anything from um, Andrew. So Andrew's conversion was when he met Jesus through um, John. But again, it was him who then, you could say he was one of the first evangelists that then went out to you know, find his brother. And that's, that's very important. So God uses relationships. If you look at a lot of our lives, almost all of us, something happened in our lives through somebody else who came to us, or it was just somebody saying something or giving something to us that sort of changed you know, our belief and you know, we were brought to Christ. Um, when we were doing the evangelist course, uh, David told us a story and I think that story says a lot and it's very important and I want to tell you that story again because it's another example of Andrew and it's where in Ireland there was this man who would go out to the town square and he had these um, book markers and he would write scripture on it, short scripture and he would give it to anybody who would take it he did that for 40 years There was a pastor's conference in Australia 
and one of the pastors having a, another uh, conversation with a pastor. And the pastor said, how was it that you came to Christ? And he said, oh, I was in, I was in Ireland and somebody gave me this bookmark and I read the scripture. When I read that scripture, that changed all of my life. I was never the same. And so there was another conference uh, later on in Ireland, and the person he'd spoken to, both, the other both pastors of that conference, and this pastor he was speaking to in Australia, he said, I, 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 the same happened to me. It was this man. So when they were in Ireland, they wondered if this, they were in the same town, or if this person was still alive. So somebody in that conference said, he is. And they said, can we go and see him? So they went to go and see him. And when they went to go and see him, he was there, he opened the door. And they said to him, you gave us a, a bookmarker. And we just wanted to say to you, we, we came to Christ through what you did. And he broke down crying because, and he said, I never knew, I never knew all of these years that I did what I did for 40 years, that any of what I did made any impact. But it did, because it turned somebody, turned to Christ, be a pastor, to lead a church, hundreds of people, just from that one person, from that one deed. That's, that's another example of Andrew. So what was Andrew's concerns? What, when he heard what John had said, the immediate thing is somebody being proactive. Not all of us are proactive. So again, it was somebody who was a leader who would take that step. And we've seen uh, uh, Andrew's characteristics. Uh, it wasn't just with that part, but it was also um, John 6, uh, verse 6, uh, 8 to 9, uh, where another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke to him. There is a boy with a five uh, small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Now, if you look at that, it's... It's Andrew who has taken the lead. Again, in, if you read John 12, 22, um, it says, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship uh, at the feast. They came uh, to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. So they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. That last part is quite important. See, he's gone to Andrew. He could have gone directly to Jesus. Andrew is somebody who was a doer. He would take that lead. And that's important in our characteristics. So as, as Christians, we have to take that lead. We have to be the people to reach out to our friends and family wherever we are and preach the gospel. It's not an option. It's one of the things as a Christian we're called to do. And as I said, part of the things that we, which makes us Christians 
we have to do all of them, not some of them, and be obedient to God. Thank you, Saj. Some of the lessons we, we learn is that God uses ordinary people. And I think one of the things that happens, particularly in the series of evangelism, is exactly what Kerry said earlier. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel we know the Bible enough. We don't feel we'll be able to answer people's questions enough. We, we kind of come to this whole area of evangelism thing. We need to be an expert. But actually, that's not what the Bible teaches. Andrew means manly. It, it could be translated that he was an ordinary man. And I think that's really important for us to, to grasp hold of in our story. And when you look at John chapter 9, the, the, the religious leaders and the Pharisees are, are questioning a man who's been healed. And they try and get him in theological debate. You know, who healed you? Well, this was Jesus. He says, well, I don't really know who healed me. Um, but how could he heal you? And they're having this debate and the, the blind man ends up saying to them, listen, <laughs> I don't know about your theological arguments, but let me give you my testimony. Once I was blind, now I see. You figure it out. You're supposed to be the religious leaders. So I think when it comes to this whole area of evangelism, let's find ways to tell our story. That's the key. You're probably never going to win an argument with people. In fact, if you're trying to win an argument with people, you may end up losing the person by winning the argument. So it's not about winning the argument. What you can do is share your story. Before, how you met Christ and afterwards. So if you look in the, in the book of Acts where uh, Paul a number of times uh, shares his testimony, there's always this same pattern what he was like before, and we know what he was like before, he was a murderer, how he met Christ on the Damascus road, and then the changes that Christ made. In fact, Paul says, listen, I was the chief of sinners, but God has given me something of his grace to reach out to people, ordinary people. Truth is important in friendships. And truthfully, that can sometimes be sacrificed today, can't it? In the attempt to, to be all-inclusive and the, the attempt to, to kind of not offend anyone. Because the worst sin today is offending anyone, isn't it? I mean, people make that an art form to be offended. And we live in an age where you can't say anything because anyone gets offended. You know, when I, when I was at school and you had an egg and spoon race or anything like that, first meant first, didn't it? Now you can come 25th and get a participation prize. And you think, well, you know, life means sometimes there are winners and losers. That's the reality of life, isn't it? That's, that's the truth that we all have to experience. And our kids have to learn that, don't we? Don't they? Truth is important and truth is important in friendships. And I wonder, do, do your friends know that you're a follower of Christ? Do they know? Do they understand? That's good. And the truth is we can all minister as Andrew did. Because he didn't have a theological degree. He had one day of an encounter with Jesus. One day. And yet he goes and gets his brother and brings him to Jesus. You see that's Andrew's concern. That's his priority. 
to bring someone else. And we, we know that story is in the gospel in other places as well. Remember when they teared the roof open? It was the friends that brought them to Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith and the man got healed. See, you, your greatest act of faith may not be some miracle somewhere. It may be the fact that you bring someone else to the place where they can hear the message about Christ. That's a good thing to do. That's the right thing to do. I'm going to ask Kerry, uh, sorry, Bev and Ian to uh, give out some of these little leaflets, these little flyers. I'm Andrew, they're under there. And if you need a pen, there will be a pen as well. Because as we heard earlier, it's not just the knowing that's important. Andrew is actually obedient. Andrew actually went and did something. Jesus said in John 13, 17, now you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So what we're going to give you the opportunity to do, to do is join us at the end of August as we travel up. Bank holiday weekend, we're going to go up to the Billy Graham event. His son Franklin Graham is holding a, a great crusade in the XL Stadium. And we want to, we're taking a coach together and we want to, to fill with as many non-Christians as possible. People you invite, people your friends, but there's actually something we can do before that. And there's four steps that we can do before we even get there. These are coming round and if you need a pen, they'll come as well. First thing we can we can do is pray. You see, before Jesus ever sent people out, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. So we pray to God about people before we speak to people about God. That, that's important. Jesus talks about the analogy of the, 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 the soil or the sower, the farmer sowing seed. And he said, the seed that fell on good ground is the one that bore fruit. So we want seed to fall on good ground and the starting point for that is prayer. Second thing that we can do is, as Andrew did is share. So that means spending time with people. You all have neighbours, you all have people in your network, you all have people that you're connected with. Some of you bring them to church. Some of you talk to them. Some of you offer to pray with them. Some of you offer to share with them. Begin to think about this event at the end of August. We have lots of other events as well that you can invite them to. That weekend we're, we're going to have a barbecue. We have the summer picnics on the Wednesday morning as well for the community and families in particular. Begin to think about sharing and talking with people about how you can discuss Christ. And then the third thing that you can do is you can actually bring people. You see, we're often afraid of people saying no. But don't say people's no for them. We often think, oh, they're going to say no, so we'll not invite them. Don't say people's no for them. Even if they've said no 99 times before, who knows? Maybe that's one time. Maybe this will be the time they'll say, yes, I'll come. And on that weekend, on the 27th of August, we're going to have a barbecue here. Uh, we're going to keep things extremely simple. Uh, and it's just an opportunity for people to get to know others, to get to know the church, to get in that environment. So there's things that you can bring people to. And one of those 
is at the end of August. And then the final thing is about following them up with them. So when you get in that meaningful relationship, when you invite people to hear the gospel, whether that's here, whether that's at the XL, with the Billy Graham event, you can follow up. Now, I'm always happy to follow up with people. I'm always happy, happy to, to go and visit. I'm always happy to have a, a coffee with people. But if you have a relationship with them, you can invite me for a coffee along with that. You're paying, but you can invite me for a coffee. <laughs> and we can talk to them and we can share and we can follow up. You know, folks, this is not rocket science, is it? This is not complicated stuff. So what I'm going to ask you to do today is just to pause and just to close your eyes. And kids, I'm going to ask you at this point to be as quiet as you can possibly be. Because I'm asking the adults to close their eyes, so don't run off. (laughs) And adults, just close your eyes for a moment. And just ask God the Holy Spirit, God, who do you want me to begin to pray for? Who do you want me to pledge to pray for and to begin to think about inviting either to the Billy Graham event or to one of our events here where you know people will hear? For some of you, you may have one face. For some of you, you may have two or three But I'm going to ask you to to take a step of faith and to write at least one name down. You all have phones as well, so if, if you haven't got a pen and you didn't get one, you can put it on your phone. But this is a commitment you're making before God to pledge to pray for someone who doesn't yet know Christ, who's not yet a follower of Christ. I already have my name. He's called Diego. He's a Brazilian lad. Been sharing the gospel with him. I've invited him to church already. I'm praying for him. Praying for God to give me opportunities to invite him. Brazilians love barbecues. (laughs) So I'll be inviting him that weekend. So I'm encouraging you to make this covenant, to make this pledge, to make this commitment before God and write a name down. Father, we thank you that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. It's not our power, it's not our persuasiveness, it's not our wisdom, it's not our cleverness. It's the work of the Holy Spirit confirming the work of the gospel, what Jesus has done for us. So Father, we pray that as we commit to praying for this person or these people, God, that even now you'll give us opportunities to begin to introduce you into the conversation, to begin to introduce you into the story and have the courage, conviction and boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit to invite people to hear this message. Lord, we pray for your help in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want you to take this home with you. I want you to put this. I'm tempted to say put it in your Bible. 
but put it somewhere that you're going to access regularly. So maybe in front of the mirror, Brian, put it up there every day when you're shaving, when you're making that face look beautiful every day. Put it somewhere that you can see it. Put it on your dashboard. Scan it. Put it in your phone. Because you look at your phone often enough, don't you? Yes? The average person looks at their phone 2,000 times a day. Scan it. Put it in your phone. I know, Sue. That's true. How many times we touch our phone every day. Scan it. Put it in there. And just begin to think, how am I praying? God, what do you want to do in this? And that's the reason we share the gospel, is we want people to praise God. It's for the praise of his glory. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yeah, Father, we thank you today that we can worship your holy name in freedom, in praise, in thankfulness, and gratefulness, that you clothe us with the righteousness of Christ that we are sufficient in you. We are complete in Christ today. We stand in that scripture that says that. But Lord, you also challenge us with a commission that as we follow you, you make us fishers of men. So Lord, help us to follow you so we become fishers of men so that you will receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless. Yeah.